0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hello, ABC News Daily listeners. I'm not Sam Hawley. She will be here in a sec. I'm Matt Bevan, the host of If You're Listening. It's a podcast that's about world news, but it's also about naughty former presidents, Russian frenemies, erratic expat kings and so, so much more. Find If You're Listening on the Listen app. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. You've heard of global warming, but what about global boiling? That's the term now being used by the United Nations after the world lived through its hottest July ever. Today, a climate scientist and what it means for our summer and whether the extreme conditions can be stopped.
1: My name's Sarah Perkins Kirkpatrick. I'm an associate professor at UNSW Canberra and I look at climate extremes.
0: Sarah, the situation in Greece right now is pretty scary. There are something like 667 fires burning. There have been more evacuations from Greek resort islands as the week-long battle to contain wildfires continues. Every day, every night we are here and we don't make nothing. We burn almost everything. We fight, we fight. Everybody, all the people, they fight. Some places have been left just in ashes. As Australians, we know how this feels, don't we? Absolutely. I,
1: I, I cannot get over how eerily similar the images coming out of Greece are to what happened in our Black Summer just a few years ago. We have literally a circle of flames around all the houses in Kapara. I'm about to go down and have a look at what's left in my house. Seeing people escape to the beach and, and you know leaving their possessions behind. The sirens started up, and at that point, I was praying. Holy f-
0: That behind me
1: is f-
0: malacuta
1: It looks just like what happened in malacuta just after Christmas a couple, a few years ago. So it's, you know,
0: it's it's scary to see that other parts of the world have to go through what we went through as well. Yeah, of course. The Greek Prime Minister, he's told his parliament that Greece is at war and things are only going to get worse. Unfortunately, our country finds itself in a battle with the climate crisis, the threat of our time which challenges the planet, especially the Mediterranean. What, Sarah, is happening in the Mediterranean to exacerbate the effects of climate change? What is going on there?
1: So what's going on, It's obviously it's summer over there. You do expect hotter weather to fall during the, the hotter parts of the year. That That's a bit of a no-brainer. But what's actually happened is they've just had such relentless heat waves over the past few weeks, and not only have conditions been really hot, but they've just lasted forever. there have been no reprieve. It's just, you know, gone on and on and on. And when we have these sorts of conditions, what happens is that the heat acts to dry out the land surface even faster. It accelerates that kind of local scale warming. And that means that basically the vegetation is ripe to be ignited if you get an ignition source, whether it's from a person or a lightning strike. It will literally go up in flames. And in the Mediterranean, it's actually warming faster than the global average. As a globe, we've warmed by roughly 1.1 degrees Celsius, but generally speaking, the Mediterranean region is warming twice that rate. So they're seeing these changes in heat waves and bushfire weather much more quickly than some other parts of the world.
0: So it's so hot in Europe, but many parts of Asia and the United States are searing too. That doesn't seem normal. It's un it's unreal.
1: I, I can't believe it. It's too hot. It's just too hot. In the subway, the subway station's a sauna. Okay, it's free, but it's just it's not, it doesn't feel good. In one way, yes, as I said, like, you know, it's summer. It does get warm there. And we do expect Asia, particularly Southeast Asia, they kind of have their heat waves a little bit earlier on just before the monsoon breaks. And we did see that in in some parts of um, Asia and Pakistan and India earlier this year. It does seem odd, however, that they're all hot at exactly the same time. And this this does kind of pertain to what's going on at the local scale and the sorts mm. of weather systems that are coming through. But generally speaking, we don't usually see the US or parts of the US having heat waves at exactly the same time as Europe. So it just goes to show that that sort of background warming from climate change is exacerbating these conditions literally
0: everywhere. Yeah, and July this July is super hot. <laughs>
1: It is. It's, well, it's the hottest month on record. And like seeing what's happening to the Northern Hemisphere, even what's happening here, lots of Australia has been experiencing quite a warm ent- or middle of winter. It's no surprise. It's, and it saddens me to really
0: not be surprised by these results, but this is exactly what we've been expecting. Yeah. And the UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, he says it's now the era of global era boiling. Of global so forget about global warming. warming. The era of global boiling has arrived. Climate change is here. It is terrifying and it is just the beginning. That does not sound good.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. It, you know, and it even kind of makes me a bit scared and sad mm. to be honest. You know, it's we are getting to this stage now where things really are ramping up. We really don't have a hope unless we have drastic changes to, to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And by drastic, I mean geoengineering that we just don't have the scale of technology for yet. And you know, this is happening at less than 1.5 degrees warming. What's gonna happen if we do reach two or three degrees warming, that's when the boiling you know, will be even worse.
0: The air is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, and the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. And Sarah, in our hemisphere too, scientists who watched Antarctica, they're concerned that sea ice has not recovered as expected this winter. So there's huge areas that have failed to freeze. In scientists are sounding the alarm in the Antarctic. Sea ice levels are at the lowest point for this time of year in observational history.
1: Expert, That's correct. That like the the, the, the the drop is incredible. Usually at this time of year, the, the sea ice does recover because obviously it's colder and water freezes when it's colder. But we're not. We, we haven't seen that recovery, and not. It's not just a, a slight shift downwards in terms of recovery. It's a massive shift. It's just not recovered at all. Mm. The average maximum temperature at Vostok Station in March is around minus 53 degrees Celsius. But this month, the temperature leapt to minus 17.7, 15 degrees higher than the previous monthly record. At the... What will happen when we go into summer again, it will melt some more and recover less once again. So there's a couple of on effects that it, it, that will contribute to sea level rise because there's more volume in the mm-hmm. ocean. And also it, it's darker. So ice is obviously very light in colour and that reflects a lot of the incoming solar radiation back out to space, whereas water, is, and especially seawater, is much darker and that will absorb a lot of that radiation coming in, which will then add to the heating of the climate system.
0: Given what's going on in places like Greece, the question for us, I suppose, is what should we expect as we move into our summer?
1: Yeah, so this is the million-dollar question right now. Mm -hmm. And it is very difficult to say, well, to be really precise about it. So we can't say just because Europe and and America have had some of their most Mm. extreme summers on record, ours will be equally as extreme. It's not necessarily a one-for-one comparison. Right. However... The forecast for the end of winter and going into spring is for hot and dry conditions. We're no longer in La Niña. That is done for a while. We are not used to these warm conditions that are coming and it's probably likely that at some point in the next couple of months an um, El Niño will be declared by the Bureau of Meteorology. Yes. So it's it's looking like that we will certainly have a warm summer of sorts, you know, a very warm summer of sorts, but just how extreme that will be, it's just a bit too early to tell.
0: You mentioned in Greece there's a lot of fuel for these fires yeah. and we have a lot of fuel here too, don't we, because yes. we had a heap of rain in recent years. So that's a bit concerning. It is concerning. There's certainly a lot more growth than that, what there was a few years ago.
1: But there's also a lot of moisture still in this, in the sort of undergrowth and, and the canopies compared to what there was during the black summer. So you've got to remember that the black summer happened After a few years of, few consecutive years of drought. So not only were there, was there fuel, it was super dry. Now that's not to say we don't have any bushfire risk this year. It does depend how quickly all that fuel dries out. So we are certainly, I guess, at a heightened bushfire risk than what we have been during the La Nina summers of the past, but it may not be
0: as bad yet as what we saw in black summer. And you mentioned how quickly the Mediterranean is warming. Is Australia warming at that same rate?
1: No, not not quite the same, but we are warming faster than the global average. So with the earth warming by about 1.1 1. 1 degrees Celsius, we're roughly at about 1.4 to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. And that's because we are surrounded by a fair amount of ocean and it takes more energy to warm ocean or water as it does land However, the Mediterranean is much different. It's surrounded by a lot more land than we are and that, that's why they're seeing a faster
0: average warming trend than what we are. I guess one of the big questions we have now is, have we failed on the climate challenge? What does the warming that's already locked in mean for our future? We are certainly
1: locked into some warming, like 100%. I, and I personally think that if we continue where we currently are, or the the trajectory that we're currently on, we will warm somewhere between two point five to three degrees Celsius. Oh my gosh! And this is just a rough prediction. We can do more though. This is the thing. So, as a climate scientist, I used to use the worst case scenario as the most likely, like warming by say four and a half to five degrees Celsius when mm-hmm. looking at projections. However, the the changes that we've made, the technology that we've implemented, and the pledges that we've made as a global community has meant that that's actually no longer viable. We don't use that scenario as as the most likely anymore. So that's, I guess, a good sign that we can make change. We're not making enough now, that's for sure, but we can make change. This is kind of like, I, I hate to put it this way, but this is only a taste of what's to come. Oh, we, can, we can tell now that a lot of these changes have happened because of the influence of climate change on our global climate system. And it's unfortunately, it's only going to get worse from here on.
0: Gosh, and as you say, we need to do more. But is there still hope? Is there hope that we can't, we won't get there? Because none of us want to get there to three degrees, four degrees, five degrees warming. It just sounds horrible.
1: Absolutely not. And I I do have hope. I can't do the job that I do. And, and you know, just talk about all these, all these doomsday messaging without having hope. You know, people, 10 years ago, people didn't have rooftop solar. Electric cars were just something that you saw in sci-fi movies. There are options there. They need to be more available. And Global politics certainly need to come together more seriously, but it's not its not the time to lose hope. It's far from it. This is when we need to really say, buckle in and say, look, we have to do something about this now. We can't leave this to happen any later.
0: Sarah Perkins Kirkpatrick is an associate professor at UNSW Canberra looking at climate extremes. 21 of the Earth's 30 hottest individual days on record occurred in July. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Lara Corrigan and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.